among her people next door. Oh, I guess the new owner's moving in. Supposed to be very attractive. There are two guys out in the yard, and I think they're carrying a coffin. Charlie, do you want to make love or not? There was a murder last night. Charlie thinks he saw the victim in this house. I saw him carry her body out in a plastic bag. Another body of a young woman was discovered earlier this morning in back of the Sheridan Mall. The guy did have fangs, and a bat did fly over my head, and a second later, he stepped out of the shadows. Now, don't you see what that means? Wait, let me guess. What? I have a vampire living next door to me, and he's gonna kill me if I don't protect myself. The vampire cannot enter your house without being invited first. This is our next-door neighbor, Jerry Dandridge. Hello, Charlie. was the movie with the old lady that got hit in the head with the basketball? Oh, that was Deadly Friend. Deadly Friend. Yeah. Deadly Friend. Yeah. I was thinking it was Fright Night, and then when it didn't happen, you were I was so like, maybe it was Fright Night 2. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I can't remember anything about Fright Night 2, and this was another, another uh, what did you call it, mind eraser? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Sure. Should we do the intro? Yeah, why not? Hi, listeners. You're listening to... What is this? Hi, listeners. Here in Denver, yes, they are. <laughs> There's a bunch of high listeners. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about horror movies. We are going to spoil them. So you've been warned. We probably won't spoil a lot of previously watched. Uh, maybe a little. Yeah. Not heavy spoilers on those. And um, we thank you, Moonrays, for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Uh, find their music digitally on Amazon or iTunes. Say hi to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon-Rays. And say hi to us there as well. We're on Instagram and Facebook. I want a band called The Dash Rays. The Dash Rays. Yeah. So, or um, maybe The Moon-Rays. <laughs> just put the word dash in the middle and they can't sue you. Yeah. All right. Well... We just did some heavy lifting, so we're all ready to sit down and record a show. 
So, Jolien, what have you watched since we did this? Uh, well, I went and spent a Christmas token and uh, got the Grindhouse Blu-ray of The Beyond, mm-hmm. which comes with the uh, Fabio Fritzi soundtrack and uh, a bunch of interviews and, and stuff. So, uh, yeah, either of you want to check that out? Right on. Are you next on that one? No, go ahead. Yeah, okay. I will. Uh, I will for sure. <clears throat> Thank you. Is that the? Is there a literary corner of chewing the scenery? Yeah, like, sure. Masticating the typography or something. Something like that. This is it right now. All right. So, uh, Terrace from the Crypt, the uh, collected edition, comes out end of this month, so January thirtieth. Nice. Um, so it's got a couple of stories by me in there, and um, well, I drew. Uh huh. But um, that is awesome. Yes, yeah, so that's like the. Uh, couple of issues of the Tales of the Crypt, which is as far as it got. I also did another short story film. I don't know what happened with that, that Jim Salicrup wrote. Yeah. Uh, and also in there is a couple of reprints of Bernie Wrights and stories from Web of Horror from the late 60s, um, which I had to do a bit more artwork for for the introduction so wow <laughs> oh yeah can you do a bit of artwork to go go with the introduction of a bernie wrightson story that's great oh yeah sure <laughs> your work is never done <laughs> no problem yeah well, I'll make it look just like him oh sure yeah he didn't have uh, a unique we, we belong side by side a unique impossible to replicate style <laughs> they've got um kelly jones finishing off the uh, frankenstein alive alive Series oh, that he was okay. doing with Steve Niles. Oh, nice. Uh, so that's you know that's about as close as you can get, I imagine. So yeah, who, so I this Kelly this is on which uh, which brand? Uh, this is put out by Super Genius, which is the slightly older audience branch of Paper Cuts. Okay. And uh, that's available in bookstores at the end of the month. You said. Yep. Okay. Uh, you can order it on Amazon. Oh, cool! Tales from the Crypt, the yeah. collected works. Uh, well, it's just like a collected first and only two editions of the yeah, what's, latest incarnation. Do you what? want the ISBN? Yes, let's let's give the listeners the ISBN number. 978-1629-914-619. Did, did you say Niner? 978-1629-914-619. All right. Uh, so uh, there we have it and then more oh wow so as of new year's day this month is the 200th anniversary of mm-hmm. uh yes frankenstein and uh so this book came out the end of last year uh christopher frailing frankenstein <laughs> Way the to first miss 200 the years uh christopher christopher frailing you might remember him from uh you know if you're like I still remember him for his commentaries on like Sergio Leone okay. releases and things like that. Uh, but yeah, Sir Christopher Frailing. He writes quite a bit about film and and uh, he loves he loves his horror movies. And he loves Frankenstein. Um, so this, but not the monster. <laughs> so uh, it, it, you know, the first half of this book is pretty text heavy. It's like a coffee table book. Um, and it goes into the uh, what was going on at the time in terms of science and philosophy, and you know the, the earliest, uh, you know the the first Darwinian uh, 
theories about evolution and uh, galvanism was coming in so it puts that in context and then um and then it goes into the circumstances around the actual writing you know yeah byron and polidori and percy shelley and in the summer that wasn't geneva yeah <laughs> and uh and then it uh, it reproduces the earliest surviving text uh and uh goes into her writing it and the publication and then it goes into the adaptation so like the it's got some really rare images from the theatrical productions and then of course it goes heavily into the the first movies oh wow um so yeah it's a good uh good read um about 90 pages into it right now and for people who like looking at pictures it it also could serve the purpose of a coffee table book that you yes. could just pick up and look at the cool poster art and yep. still photos from different productions yeah that's really good uh, yeah you know, high re- res- reproductions yeah so uh, yeah uh, I recommend checking that out too awesome do you want to do films well, sure. Okay. Might as well. I uh, watched Logan Lucky from 2017, Stephen Soderbergh. This is kind of blue-collar Ocean's Eleven. Oh, okay. Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, Raleigh Keough, uh Daniel Craig. Wow. Uh, fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Persepolis fun. from 2007. Wait, 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 how was Lucky Logan or whatever? Uh, Logan Lucky? It's, it's just fun. It's kind of more laid back than Ocean's Eleven because like, <laughs> this is a bunch of people Yeah. Uh, who just don't have the resources to they have less to lose and they have less skills yeah it's like he, he kind of loses his job and he, he he pulls his mates together and oh nice and they're of various levels of intelligence from uh, <laughs> from smart to pretty low and uh and they and they uh do a heist on you know at this uh, race course during a, a, a one of those marathon races yeah um <clears throat> Yeah, so wow, really fun. It sounds like a good time. Uh, Persepolis, um, endless poetry. Uh, it's the latest one from Alejandro Jodorowsky. Mm-hmm. So he's continuing his autobiographical films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've not seen any of them. Okay, was this a was this a re? Let's back up to Persepolis. Was that a rewatch for you, or was that mm-hmm. a, it yeah. was okay? Yeah, I saw that at, at uh, the Mayan when it came out. It was cool. Yeah, it's got Godzilla in it too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you'll know Alejandro Jodorowsky. And like, yeah. Um, so this is like taking... Pretty subdued guy, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> he makes he quiet a... films, quiet little films. <laughs> he just did uh, some presentations of his films in Los Angeles, didn't he? Oh, did he? Just this month, I think. Oh, really? I hadn't heard. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's... it's uh, Pretty straightforward storytelling, yeah, I understand. Yeah, ordinary life. Yeah. You know, nothing to see. No. Move along. <laughs> uh, so this, this goes from him being uh, a kid, and, and uh, this takes him up to his like early adulthood, so it reaches up to the 1950s when he uh, um, he uh, leaves Chile and, and heads for Paris. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, you know, in the first three minutes, you get, disembowelment naked whores nazi on stilts dwarf hitler <laughs> I, I timed it as like uh okay that's the three minute mark <laughs> <laughs> when's this thing then gonna take off yeah right. <laughs> it's 
a bit of a slog so far. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, the next one I watched was Dunkirk from last year, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Uh, I think it's my favorite film from him. Uh, Did you see it? I've not seen it, but it's... I'm not a Christopher Nolan fan. Okay. I loved it. On it, uh, on it. This is a story that just took place, you know, where I used to live. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. And uh, so, yeah, it's pretty intense. It, yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, you know what the situation is. And it's pretty suspenseful from the first minute. And then mm-hmm. it just keeps cranking and cranking. And it's got really, uh, it kind of takes his interesting time frames that he did in his early films. Okay. And applies them to a, you know, a big war movie. So it's got, um, uh, you've got, one week before where the soldiers are gathering on the beach. Yeah. And you've got uh, one day before where just an ordinary person in his little pleasure boat heads out across the channel yeah. to go and pick up some people. And then uh, one hour before, which is like a trio of uh, Spitfire pilots are heading out to oh, try okay. and stop the, the Germans, you know, yeah. bombing and strafing all the ships. So, uh, and, th- and then it brings the time frames together and so it all pays off. At, so everything's, you realize that you're watching the events from the other timelines going on. Oh, and it okay. And kind of put some more together. Uh, it's not hard to follow, but no. uh, it's, uh, it's really interesting. And uh, yeah, I thought it was amazing. Um, Neat. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I watched on Fright Night. All right. Fright Night? Oh, shit. Was that this week's movie? Yeah. I watched it last week. Damn it. Um, Will, do you want to go next or shall I? Uh, I watched um, End of the Fucking World. End of the Fucking World. How was that? Netflix. This is based on the comic. Yes. Uh, I read the first issue of the comic and I didn't care for it, but I don't think I got that it was supposed to be comedic. Um, But it's very obvious when you watch the show uh that it's a comedy uh i enjoyed it a lot mm-hmm. it's uh i think a 20 minute episodes oh, okay they're short it's about james who believes he's a psychopath and a girl named Alyssa. they're both 17 and he decides that he's gonna kill someone and she's gonna be his victim Uh-oh. and she picks him because why not really she doesn't usually know why but um he comes to find out that she doesn't have a lot of as he puts it Alyssa doesn't have a lot of respect for people or property (laughs) so (laughs) people are people's things i think that's a that's a great uh uh, sort of plot point so they uh they go she uh entices him to steal his dad's car and they go off to the the south of England to find her dad, who's uh, lives in a trailer and sells drugs. And oh. along the way, they murder someone and so rob he... a gas station. And nothing ever goes well for these two. Wow! So he's an English gentleman. They yeah. go to find him. Okay. Yes. So nothing goes well for the people they murder either, really. <laughs> no, although the person they murder. Uh, has a dark secret so oh okay yeah they threw that in there so they're not just up and up psychopaths Mm. they're uh more thrown into bad circumstances by poor choices Mm. it's more film noir than say 
natural born killers. Okay. They're destructive hellions on some level. Uh, although it's understandable. Um, you understand why they're that way. Uh, which I think from reading one comic and not getting the comedic tone that you get from the live action one um, made it feel kind of just edgy. So I was like, oh, here's a kid. He's a psychopath. Big deal. I don't really want to read this. Um, <laughs> but you, you come to understand who these people are. I don't know. Uh, big good. recommend. Yeah. I wish I had saved it for Valentine's Day. Damn it. That's the only thing. Cool. Um, then what else did we watch? Oh, I watched a spectacular film last night. Starship Invasions. Oh. Have you Starship seen this? I just played the soundtrack of that yesterday. Really? Uh, yeah, because I was... I'm doing a comic right now where they want every panel has got to be a different comic. And one of them's a Star Wars comic. Oh, so okay. I was playing my Star Wars soundtracks, and, and I got through those, and I started playing the Star Wars rip-off soundtracks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's first up. Uh, John Williams, it's not. <laughs> uh, you don't say. It was described on the Rift Track site as, what if a Canadian Ed Wood made Star Wars? Wow. And that is exactly what it is. Wow. Um, <laughs> it was made the same year as, as Star Wars, 1977. Um, Industrial Light and Magic were not involved. No, and I can't remember. What did they call Magicians? Um, it was the name of the, f- the effects company. <laughs> A magician? It's the same guys who did everything else in the movie, probably. Uh, yeah. So they used effects from the 50s, okay. which kids in the 70s loved. Uh-huh. Spaceship effects. So they had a lot of Ed Wood-like saucers. Flying around. I did, as a UFO nerd, did enjoy that they used actual people's (laughs) testimony of uh, what aliens and robots looked like for their designs. So as a UFO geek, I was like, oh, my God, that's that robot from some abduction or some guys Mm -hmm. I remember were fishing and saw that robot. (laughs) Oh, God, that's Um, great. Christopher Lee is in it. Yeah. Uh, Needed the money. Got voila. tricked. Lost a bet. What happened? I don't know. Um, you know, uh, why does his name escape me right Peter now? Cushing was Peter doing Cushing the other movie. Peter Cushing was doing Star Wars. It sounded really mm-hmm. good to me, and so I said yes. <laughs> you gotta do these space movies, Chris. You gotta do a space movie. <laughs> That's gotta be the conversation, right? I was just in Star Wars, although the boots were a bit small. <laughs> right. And it was stupid. <laughs> uh, call Alex. He loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sir Alec Guinness loved being Obi-Wan. He loved being Obi-Wan. He liked people coming up to him and calling him Obi-Wan, I understand. Didn't he pronounce it Obi-Wan when he said it? Uh, I don't remember. Maybe. But I highly recommend Starship Invasions. Okay. It is unbelievably bad. I can't believe people put money into this and it was made the same year. On a scale of Plan 9 to Catwoman, where is it? (laughs) It's, uh, 
it's not as bad as Plan 9, but it has Doctor Who, I mean, early Doctor Who <laughs> level special effects <laughs> for a big budget movie in 1977. Well, we're, I don't know how big budget it was, but... Whisks and plungers that have been... T- Warner Brothers put money into it, so... Oh or at least God. they distributed it. I was going to say, point. maybe after the fact. Oh, wow. Where did you find this thing? It's on Rift Tracks. Oh, okay. So I downloaded it yesterday, okay. and wow, <laughs> I am so glad. I heard that it was Star Wars directed by Ed Wood, a Canadian Ed Wood, and we all know how I feel about Canadian film efforts. And Ed other Wood. than <laughs> David Cronenberg. Yeah, it's like gobbing together all your favorite stuff into one place. I know, and Ed Wood, and mm-hmm. Star Wars as of late. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Um, some aliens attack Earth, and they use a bad special effect to make people commit suicide, much like the happening. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's the plot. Yeah. Uh, and they employ uh, Man from Uncle, Robert oh. Vaughn. Oh wow! As a UFO reporter, I think he was supposed to be Whitley Strieber. Right. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, Walken did a better job. Please, please go watch this movie. Okay. We're going to get some feedback on that, I'm sure. We did get some... uh... It's no Blood Rage. Oh, okay. But it's pretty damn close. For next show, um, don't let me forget this. I want to let you guys read some feedback that we got, which I don't think the person listened to our episode, but somebody really called us out for um, saying mean things about the Wicker Man remake. Oh... I love that movie. Yeah, I'm sorry we hurt your feelings, but uh, we'll we'll go into what they said and uh, maybe what we think of what they said. Uh, maybe next episode, um, there there wasn't really time before for me to let you guys read it, but I'll print it out. I'll I'll, I'll get the text and actually print it out for you so you can really think about uh, what this young man had to say. Wow, I'm and, excited. Yeah, so it was an Instagram. Let's skip ahead to the next episode then. Yeah, I mean it's. It, <laughs> It'll it'll be awesome, I'm sure. Um, and I'm not sorry for, for thinking that there were silly things and, and bad filmmaking involved with that movie. I'm just not sorry about it. No? No, I'm not. I'm not no. remorseful in the least. I, the movie gets better every time I watch it. It, w- it was a fun watch. I would recommend it to anyone. Well, so I'd, therefore, uh, you know. I'd go home and watch it again right now. <laughs> yeah. What else? Did, did we cover um, it? I'm sure I watched some other crap, but I don't remember. Okay. I'll go into mine then. Um, I did one last viewing of a bad copy of Night of the Living Dead, knowing that my my super restored um, 4K Blu-ray thing is going to show up next month, and uh, it's going to look better than it's ever looked, and it's going to have extra footage in it. So I did watch that on um, uh, on demand, uh, whatever Comcast has uh, I don't know, stream picks or wherever it's from. I actually think this one was um, via sci-fi, although I don't know why anyone goes through anyone else since it's in public domain, but uh, I enjoyed one more watch of it. Um, uh, I watched a documentary on Netflix called Haunters, The Art of the Scare. We almost watched that. Yeah, it's it's worth a look, I suppose. We could decide if a documentary qualified as a horror movie or not. It kind of does. So. Well, it's it's got one of those haunts where they have you sign a waiver and then they can do all kinds of abusive, awful shit to you for hours. Um, I find that really hard to imagine 
getting on board with, unless maybe you've got something wrong with your life that you need to work out. Maybe. I don't know what it is, but, and I don't understand the people on either side of that deal, you know, the, the haunters or the, or the just uh, make you clients. watch a copy of the remake of, uh, the wicker man. <laughs> yeah. They just make you sit in a tub of cold water and watch the wicker man. They come in and slap you they once put in a, a while. put a mask of bees on your head. <laughs> oh God, make... no, the bees. <laughs> they make you watch oh! the wicker man remake. <laughs> through a haze of bees <laughs> oh my god okay so i watched that um it's worth a look if you if you like haunts and you know kind of what are people like what drives them um i watched uh i rewatched because i i realized i couldn't remember everything about it uh dead set this is on netflix jolian you might really enjoy this it's um it takes place on uh big brother uk i guess it was called or just big brother but it was the uk version of it um it was made in 2008. Uh, it's on the set of Big Brother that people who are in the control room are discovering something's wrong. And then there are all these people outside the gate because it's quote unquote eviction night or eviction day when the uh, roommates vote on who to kick out. And all the people are chanting, holding up signs, and it's a real party atmosphere outside the gates of the studio. And all of a sudden shit's going wrong and there's a zombie outbreak. And... They do it in a real train to Busan looking way where the blood's not all cartoonishly red. It's kind of everything's brownish and splattery and gross. Um, their zombie effects and their kill stuff is just amazing. And um, there's just a certain quality to it that you, you know you're watching something that somebody is not just uh, doing a cash grab. They actually want to make this as good looking as it can be. Uh, it's technically a five part miniseries, but if you just binge through it it's about a you know not even a two-hour movie uh really enjoyed it it was a good rewatch uh there were some things that happened i completely forgot about uh of course i watched fright night um a couple episodes of ash versus the evil dead um that is currently available on netflix okay uh the third one's out end of next month oh great so we got um third season wow a ghost story yes no. what did you think uh did you watch it too I've not okay seen it. is it I, on it, it's on uh, Amazon Prime. Okay. So you can watch it without paying extra money for Sweet. it. Sweet. Uh, a ghost story kind of worked for me. Um, what's interesting is I heard only people really loving this or really hating this. And I thought, well, I'm, I don't know what to think other than go into it with an open mind. And it had that um, indie movie quality to it where everything was just sort of in real time, uh, you know, for long periods of time where people were just doing something and you're watching them. Um, it really seemed to be about uh, not as much grief and loss as it was passage of time and um, just the uh, awareness of existence and uh, the inability to participate in it as a ghost. But it was really interesting, though, like, and I know, Joey, you, you talked about this, uh, how they were just wearing a sheet, like a, you know, like a kid on Halloween dressed yeah. as a ghost. And it was really interesting that um, they did as much as they did with it because it just all had to be physical acting. And the only subtitles or, or dialogue between ghosts was two of them looking across at each other. And I don't know if they're supposed to be communicating with uh, telepathy or what, but it was subtitled. And the one ghost was in the house across the way, like waiting for someone to return who was obviously not going to return. And uh, so there was some sadness to it. And then for whatever weird reason, 
um, the ghost tries to commit suicide and then has to go through time from the beginning of... Uh, it seemed like they lived into the future quite a ways and then jumped off a building and then ended up back in pioneer days mm-hmm. at the location of yeah, where the house goes back in a loop. Yeah. It goes back in a loop and then he sees himself like this is spoilery, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, he, you pretty much said the same when you gave your review. Well, I guess that was what was going to yeah. happen yeah. pretty early on. Yeah. So maybe I should just cut that part out. No, I mean, we've Big... already spoiled it in an earlier episode. Yeah. We were in a loop. Yeah, yeah. So, it, so I found I found the whole thing um, very watchable, very interesting, and uh, and I just sort of rolled with it. I didn't try to go. All right, well, what's this thing trying to do for me here? I just I was like, oh, I'll let it do what it's doing and see if I like it. And uh, it worked for me. I, I can't really say much more than that. But uh, I was ready for it to be a total slog and like looking at the clock, like God damn it, we're only an hour in. It's got another forty seven minutes to go or whatever. And it wasn't that bad. It was. I, I liked it. Anyway, if you like indie movies and the moody ones, it's one of those. Then, Fright Night Part 2, 1988. Ah, the ill-advised sequel, which Tom Holland was not involved with. I have no conscious memory of that. Yeah. I can't remember any of it. I used to only be able to remember um, Jonathan Grease, the guy who played uh, um, Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite, who was also in Real Genius. The we- wow, really? Yeah, he was the werewolf in it. Um, yeah. So, uh, he was like a bumbling werewolf. Uh, there was, um, yeah, that's re- not nothing stuck with that. Yeah. There that was a, movie. So Charlie Brewster gets a replacement girlfriend. He sort of has a replacement evil Ed buddy who, uh, you know, gets dealt with early in the movie and shows back up later. Um, apparently, um, and this, this is slightly spoilery spoiler material, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, It it appears that this beautiful woman vampire who shows up much in the same way Jerry Dandridge showed up at the beginning of Fright Night is somehow connected to the previous vampire episode. You know, the whole Jerry Dandridge issue situation. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe she's there on purpose. It's not just coincidentally like, oh, look, more vampires happen to show up in Charlie's life. But he's in college. He has a new girlfriend. He's going to a shrink, and the shrink is trying to just help him work it out that you imagined all of this, and it was an agreed-upon hallucination between you and other people. This didn't really happen, and then it starts happening again. Uh, so they try to kind of make the same movie over again, going with the Joe Bob Briggs uh, <laughs> formula of, <laughs> of making a sequel. <laughs> Hey, it worked once. It'll work again. Yeah. If you don't do it again, they're going to be mad at you. So just do it again. Exactly. So having said all that, um, it's a it's a it's a recommend, but not a super strong recommend. If you feel like you need to be a completionist and see all things Fright Night or all things Charlie Brewster, have you watched the remake? I have, and I can't remember much about it except for it felt like the Chris Angel uh, production of Fright Night. Mm. Oh man, yeah. It's- yeah, it was, uh, it was different enough. I enjoyed it. Yeah. David Tennant is the magician. Yeah. In Vegas. And yeah. Oh, okay. I might watch it. And he, he's the guy who's pulled in as the... Uh, you know, Expert? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because he has Van a... Van Helsing. He has a spooky theme to his show or something. Isn't right. that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not great at remembering that one. I think I should have watched it. I should have watched it this week instead of the original one last week. 
So we we all watched the, <laughs> we all watched the original within a week of right now when we're recording mm-hmm. this. When was the first time you saw it, Julian? I saw it a long time ago, and I remember enjoying it, and but I've not watched it since, and you know, never got a copy of it. Right, that is exactly my memory. <laughs> okay, I going into it last week, watching it, I was, I was enjoying it at first. I mean, it's an enjoyable enough movie, but I wondered to myself, like, why didn't I watch this movie a whole lot when I was a kid? Yeah. And I watched it and I was like, yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> this movie is not that great. There's not that much in it that was that different. Okay. Or horribly gory or anything that really, right. I mean. I think this is the first time I've seen it uncut. Okay. I, I saw it in the UK and mm. the, the, a lot of the stuff at the end, I don't, yeah, that was, that was cut. Uh, okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, there were bits I remembered, like, but then there were you know, large chunks of it I didn't. Hmm. But part two, geez, I don't know. So, Jolien, you saw it more than 15 years ago. Yeah. And it was heavily edited. Will, how about you? What, about what? How old were you? Do you think you were in your teens, 20s, what? Oh, younger than that. Oh, so you were preteen. Um, yeah, because it came out in 85. I probably watched it on video probably by 1989 or 90. Okay. Um, maybe earlier than that. With your video store connection? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't think we watched this movie very often. You don't remember hating it, but you don't remember liking it so much you rewatched it a bunch. Yeah, exactly. It never really, you know, affected us as much as, as much shit as I talk about Lost Boys. <laughs> I watched that movie quite a bit, and I remember talking about it and laughing about it with friends, but I don't remember any of us talking about Fright Night. No one made fun of, uh, like, Evil Ed? No, I think he was annoying, and I don't think he appealed to any of us. Oh, okay. I yes. liked him. I, yeah. I think Evil Ed was my favorite part of the movie, I think. I really liked him, and I, I love uh, Peter Vincent. I think he's a great yeah. horror hero. Yeah, he is. It's so funny because he's he's just got two speeds, heroic and cowardly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's he's terrified, but he steps up. He's, yeah. Yeah, no. He That's knows, all good. Yeah. yeah. So the whole thing um, for me, I, I saw it when it came out. I know that. I mean, I saw it in the movie theater. Okay. And then when it was on cable, I don't know if a friend recorded it or if I just happened to be someplace where there was cable for a while, off and on maybe. But I know I saw this movie half a dozen times over the years after it the initial to, viewing. It used to play on the USA Network all the time. Maybe I that's remember. what it was. Um, interesting fact about this one. Um, Which I, may be why we didn't watch it on video a lot. Because we probably oh. watched bits of it here and there on USA. till. It was on every three months. Yeah, it from, was on all the time. Yeah. So It seemed like they, they used to rotate stuff. You'd, you'd see it all the time for a few weeks, and then it would disappear for a few months, and then it would come mm. back. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the um, the first indication Charlie Brewster gets that uh, something's wrong is he's trying to get his girlfriend in bed, and he looks out the window and sees some creepy guys carrying a coffin into the house next door that's just been purchased, the creepy old house. And um, I thought that was kind of a nice thing. Um, Tom Holland, who, who wrote and directed this, uh, I think was doing a lot of homage to things he grew up with, you know. So he he liked vampire movies. He liked, uh, you know, kind of these comedic things like Abbott and Costello. He, he liked 
you know, old dark house stuff. So he was combining a lot of different elements in this movie. Um, I did like the fact that, uh, that you've got that, um, either, I guess it would be more the boy who cried wolf. You know, Charlie is not believed. It's not that he's always saying vampires are here and, you know, but everyone knows he likes scary movies. He likes B movies. And, uh, if he sees a vampire, he's imagining it is what everyone kind of assumes as you would. Cause well, most people believe they're not real. So that was a good setup. I thought, you know, to get the whole thing going. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I do have issue with the fact that, uh, the beautiful woman that shows up at, uh, Jerry Dandridge's newly purchased house is credited as a hooker. Wouldn't she be like a call girl or, uh, escort or something like that? I mean, hooker just cheapens, you can see the level it just of, makes it all sound so sordid it does doesn't it <laughs> yeah and then you get the whole murder and dumping her body somewhere she just wasn't treated with any respect oh, but uh, uh that woman who plays her is um heidi Sorensen, who ended up uh, a playboy playmate of the month um a couple years later so she uh was she had a, a modeling career that was <clears throat> somewhat damaged by that but uh but she rebounded nicely and uh, wait by fright night or by uh, playboy <laughs> believe it or not playboy and oh not fright night. man but uh she she bounced back from that just fine from what i can tell i, I did see a note that um uh, or a trivia factoid that tom holland asked the wardrobe person to um rub ice on her nipples prior to shooting her scene so uh-huh. That would get you in a lot more trouble today than it did in 1984 or 85, whenever they filmed this. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I assume they filmed it in late 84, early 85. But uh, yeah, things have changed a bit. Um, another um, breast fact from the movie that, uh, <laughs> is that <laughs> Amanda Beers, who plays um, uh, Charlie Brewster's girlfriend, uh, Amy, Amy uh, that scene where she takes her top off and her, her back is toward the camera. Uh, she didn't want the crew seeing her breasts so she put duct tape over her nipples so all i could say about that is don't you know about gaffer tape like wendy o williams would wear you know yeah or electrical tape i think it would be less painful to remove so um so we got all the breast facts out of the way all Uh, right we need more breast facts for these movies yeah (laughs) because last week we had several breasts we could have given more facts about them yeah um well, one other interesting fact that uh, uh, Roddy McDowell apparently uh, did... Would rub ice on his nipples before every take. <laughs> but he was wearing that coat over it. Yeah, that, that sort of... Uh, what do you call that um, Sherlock Holmes looking cloak? Mm-hmm. I don't know what you call those, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So you couldn't really tell. It, no. But that was all for his acting method, not, you know... Yeah. He was very method. He, he figured his voice Peter Vincent would, <laughs> yeah. you know, do that. Yeah. I believe my character would rub ice on his nipples before the scene. So his backstory is, well, apparently, um, Roddy McDowell... Or gaffer tape. <laughs> yeah, they kind of opposite effects, don't they? Well, you know, one stimulates feeling and the other one sort of, uh, you know, prevents feeling as much. Uh, he did a lot of videotaping on the set, and no one knows where those videotapes are. So... Maybe he had a note, destroy all my videotapes. Okay. <laughs> when he, huh, when what were on these videotapes? Well, yeah. Some behind the scenes with Evil Ed. <laughs> Ice Cube action. Yeah. Do you know about Evil Evil Ed, uh, 
uh, Stephen Stephen Jeffries. Yeah, you know about his career post Fright Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Went nowhere. Uh, well, it went somewhere. <laughs> Where? Porn. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a loss. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, he's he's back on the convention circuit. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But he yeah he 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 turned down Fright Night two to do Nine Seven Six Evil. Right. Oh man. Which was uh, a bad but, idea. He would have improved. Fright yeah, Night he, too. he'd been doing really well on the stage before this. Yeah. And in the nineties, he was in gay porn, which makes him one. Like three of the leads in this movie are gay or are gay. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, this, this this movie's got a lot of interesting subtext. Yeah. Which I, I enjoyed. Yeah, we had Stephen Jeffries, um, Amanda Bierce, and um, Roddy yeah. McDowell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So Evil Ed um, did did some porn and uh, yeah, you can go meet him at horror conventions. And porn conventions. <laughs> He's got all the bases covered. Yeah. Oh, he was my favorite part of the movie. Poor porn. Honestly. <laughs> really? I couldn't wait for him to die, even though I knew he was going to come back. You, you didn't like his cackling and his... No, not at all. Okay. He was the sexy grandpa of this movie. <laughs> the foxy grandpa of Fright Night. Uh, yeah, okay. You know... To your point, I could say, uh, you know, not all annoying characters annoy only the lead. They sometimes annoy the audience, too. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Uh, yeah. I rather enjoyed him. Yeah, he was kind of he's hysterical, but he reminded me of a bunch of people I knew who, uh, you know, they were, they were really funny in that, but you could tell they were kind of damaged. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There was something, yeah. yeah, something going on with them. Like all really funny people. Yeah. The pathos, the pathos. <laughs> you can't have laughter without the pathos. But I, I, I like, I like the characters in this movie. I mean, it doesn't stop and tell you backstories oh, or anything. Oh, thank God! But you no. know everything you need to know about all of them. Yeah. God, yeah. if they made this today, that would be, you know, mm. all their backstory. Yeah. You'd have to learn. Yeah. Every one of them's childhood. <laughs> There'd be all kinds of exposition provided in numerous ways. It would just be terrible. It was enough to just see Jerry Dandridge uh, in his element, his house with all his belongings, and then see that painting that resembles Amy. It was enough to see the movie box to go, this thing's got vampires in it. I bet that dude, my coffin's a vampire. <laughs> yeah. I did like when he did the Nosferatu stand up out of the coffin. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of cool. It's like, yeah, just, just uh, lay him down on that plank he and then we'll run vampire. it reverse. Yeah, he was pretty charming, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was... Uh, I think 43 when they filmed this and uh, he had a fairly young look to him for, mm-hmm. you know, like back in the eighties, if you were 40, you just looked like you were ready for the grave and not, <laughs> not in a really charming vampire way either. Like you hit about 30, 35 back in those days. And I don't know if it was the, if it was the sun tanning and the cocaine, but something was making people <laughs> was look. That guy in psycho who was like, yeah, he was, he was like 50. And these days he got always, you know, yeah, just 50, but he, he looked like really old. Yeah. yeah. Well, prior to his death, Chris Cornell, good example of a guy who was in his early 50s, like 52, 53 when he died, um, didn't look anything like the dude he in Psycho. 48 or 49 at the <laughs> most. <laughs> I don't know what was aging people back in the days. Smoking. It, yeah. Everybody smoked. And then, you know, suntanning and snorting coke. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Um, 
Chris Sarandon, I thought, did a great job. He mm-hmm. he just sort of uh, had a presence. He really projected this uh, this whole vibe that that uh, everybody was uh, sort of in danger when they were around him. Apparently, the eating apples thing was his idea. Is it? Yeah, because maybe he thought that well, maybe there's a fruit bat as an ancestor, <laughs> and uh, it's a good way to just show him using his teeth and biting things. You I, know, I love those cute photos of fruit bats eating like a whole fig, and they got their cheeks all puffed out. Oh man, maybe <laughs> he should have done that, do that yeah. in this movie. <laughs> He's eating a bunch of figs or a handful of insects. <laughs> well, there's some insect eating in in uh, the second one, but we, yeah. won't, we won't really get too far into that. But uh, yeah, there's um, there's plenty of cool stuff going on. This is a a fun movie. It's it's mm-hmm. it's more a horror comedy than it is a horror movie. In fact, maybe it's just more a comedy than it is even a horror comedy. I don't know. Yeah, it's not particularly funny, though, is it? Well, <laughs> 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 I, I, I guess think, I never stopped to think about. I don't that. think it's trying to be. I mean, you, there's a bit of ghostbusters influence on it you got you got the same special effects going and stuff but like i don't i find it's got i mean, there's there's a humor to it but uh-huh. it's not like it's not going for laughs all the time it's like yeah. a comedy without the laughs yeah it's, it's, it's not a, funny the humor is in the pathos and the ridiculous situation comedy is not funny <laughs> but uh yeah i i find i find yeah, it's got that good uh, comedy thing where there's like a lot of sadness going on underneath underneath it, and yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought it was interesting. Oh man! So uh, how did you like the special effects? Yeah, and uh, top notch. You got Richard Edlund, mm-hmm. so Randall Cook, Steve Neal, Steve Johnson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pretty state of the art for the time. I think. Yeah, they they did a lot of cool stuff. stuff. I mean, that, the wolf at the end is. Is amazing. Yeah, where it's like crawling along the floor. That's quite distressing. Yeah, yeah. I don't like injured animals, and that was, yeah, that was pretty disturbing. Like, it's, it still bothers me. Mm-hmm. Poor evil Ed. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and he does a good performance of you know his painful death. Yeah. And these vampires don't go down easy. And I saw, uh, I saw some trivia facts that Chris Sarandon, having done a lot of, a lot of time in the makeup chair, actually assisted the makeup artist putting on uh, some of his makeup, inclu- oh. including the finger extensions. Okay. The finglongers. <laughs> finglongers. Yes. <laughs> yes, he had the finglongers. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, some other interesting facts. Um, well, did you spot the movies on the TV? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I was trying to name all like, those. N- normally, it's just Night of the Living Dead yeah. and or Carnival of Souls. Yeah. But, that, yeah, I... Yeah, what are some the, of them I don't I think were fake, but yeah, the first one is fake, right? Yeah, the one with Roddy McDowell in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but then yeah, there were a couple that were like, "What is that?" Movie? Yeah, uh, I think the second one is "Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things." Okay, mm, okay. Bob Clark, where that that zombie guy pins in someone against a wall. Oh, okay. And then the Dracula one is "Scars of Dracula." Okay. Scars of Dracula. With uh, Jenny Hanley in it, and Christopher Lee. And then, um, uh, then the last one is Octoman. I don't know that one. It's like a early seventies. It's like a really early Rip Baker effort. Oh, on the creature, but that—that's Octoman. Nice, oh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, that um, 
that sort of thing, like you said, it's usually the, the public domain stuff. And they Is don't, that they the don't... one where the guy was bitten by a radioactive octagon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. And he gets all the powers of an octagon, like the ability to turn you into a stop sign. Yep. I think that's it, but... Um, yeah, and he fights Chuck Norris. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Chuck Norris. Uh, I remember him. Now, um, yeah, there's a scene uh, that that was an homage to Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, um, when uh, when Billy Cole, the assistant to the vampire, creeps up behind Peter Vincent and uh, and Charlie Brewster. That's that's kind of a direct uh, sort of mm. homage as far as like how the shot is set up. Yeah. So I thought, well, you know, there's stuff all over this movie because mm-hmm. Tom Holland was a monster kid. Yeah in the earliest generation of them. So, or us, I should say. Um, yeah, the, the whole thing, um, is kind of sprinkled with, you know, uh, horror movie, uh, visuals throughout the Peter Vincent apartment and Charlie Brewster's room. And, uh, there's actually a planet of the apes life mask. Um, when they cast Roddy McDowell's face. Is that, is that the, uh, like the really deteriorated looking bust? Yeah. I was trying to see what that was. Yeah. I, I think it's that one. That's yeah. his love cast. Okay. Yeah. So it's something that he personally owned, apparently. And he's got that big painting of uh, John Carradine. Yeah. As Dracula. It's, yeah, he's got the Lugosi <laughs> one and the Carradine one. Man. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah, so you, you really you could really see that um, Tom Holland put a lot of care into it. You know, like, it, it really needs to look like this guy is is a lifelong a horror actor who, who loves it. And Charlie Brewster is, you know, a total fanboy who lives with his mom. Um, who invites the vampire in? Of course. There's a dumbass in every movie who invites the vampire in. Oh, I never have anyone over. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, they I don't might... know who's a vampire. Yeah, so... Uh... Certainly never invite anyone over after dark. <laughs> uh, let's see. Roddy McDowell accidentally broke the bat puppet when he was fighting it off using a bone to stop it from biting him. Oh, yeah, oh, he accidentally man. broke it. They um, charge him for it, I hope. Yeah, I think that came out of his pay. But uh, You're paying for that model, McDowell. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it took two days to properly reassemble the thing, so they lost a lot of shooting time. But, uh, you know, they had delays because of things like that. Yeah. Oh, man. But, but they had money for films back then. Now they they just keep like wanting more and paying less to make the movies, and, mm. and you end up with a ghost story, which cost a million dollars to make. Only a million. That's it. Yeah, and I think that was like nine hundred thousand of that went to Casey Affleck. Probably Affleck. Affleck. <laughs> I put a T on there somehow. <laughs> yeah, Casey Affleck. He's afflicted. Uh, <laughs> uh, so. Um, how did you like how the story played out, Will? Did you did, did you feel like you were just being taken? Felt like I was watching a movie. <laughs> did, were you surprised by any of the stuff the characters uh, did or went through? Um, no. Okay. So don't... I like how Amy, as she gets more vampiric, she's like going from girl next door towards white snake video. Yes. yes. 
did you notice her hair extensions? Her hair got longer and longer every scene. Yeah. Did you notice her breasts got bigger? Yes. Okay. Is that another breast fact? This is the one I forgot from earlier. <clears throat> Maybe I was just saving it because uh, yes, they made uh, prosthetic. Amanda Bierce get yeah. breast implants for every scene, bigger and bigger. <laughs> but yeah. you could do that kind of thing in the eighties. Yeah, they would put a little valve on the side and just pump more fluid into. Just pulled up some duct tape. Yeah, <laughs> some leftover duct tape from the other scenes. No, she uh, uh, apparently was wearing uh, prosthetics. Which Roddy McDowell broke. <laughs> so that this is what With ha- a bone. This is what happened in between the movies. So, uh, like, at the end of this movie, he goes, Wow, I'm glad you're not a vampire anymore, but could you have kept that hair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That, that was really hot. Yeah. Before I make up, maybe. Maybe not the shark mouth so much, but the long hair and the giant boobs. She just slaps him and walks away. Yeah. So he has to get another girlfriend in the sequel. Yeah. That's what happened. And really, Evil Ed was supposedly dealt with and dead. Then we get the cackling and the lit up eyes at the end. Yeah. Well, they pull the stake out, you know. Oh, yeah. I guess Sometimes that. Yeah. The timing is right. Makes come back, you know. Make a vampire come back. Yeah, so uh, how about the soundtrack? Did you like that that super 80s soundtrack? White sister. <laughs> White sister. The back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of synthy and like, you know, like this wailing guitar that's just sort of yeah. set in the mood. Kept waiting for Devo, and oh. they were on there. Yeah, yeah. Where was Devo in this thing? Uh, in the club? I think they were either in the club, or no, who was playing in the club? There's a bunch in the club. There was a bunch. Of, there was a definitely a Devo song. I was like, okay, I'm yeah, waiting for a Devo Mo- song. Mo- Mother's Borough. And then I, yeah, oh. I heard him. And I was like, oh, there's Devo. Yeah. Oh man. I want to say yeah, it was in the club. There were a bunch yeah, of things. Yeah, like the end the theme tune is the Jay Gowles band. Yeah. Hmm. But, yeah, I, I couldn't. Yeah, they all sounded so similar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Um. What was the other fact? Yeah, uh, don't want to really talk about Evil Ed's mouth. <laughs> that got him into a lot of trouble later. Um, breastplate, cleavage. Uh, cleavage, boobs. cleavage, boobs, cleavage. We've got five pages of boob facts here. Uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, I think I think we covered enough of that. But yeah, I enjoyed the soundtrack. Uh, just the... The stuff that was made just for the movie, you know that that. It is Brad Fidel, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, he, so he done the Terminator in '84. Oh, that's funny because that club. Yeah, I, I'm not so keen on this one of his. Okay. But yeah, he's done some excellent soundtracks, like um, several James Cameron films. Did the club remind you of Club Tech Noir from <laughs> Terminator? It may have been the same. Sat. I wonder. I gotta think it was. I just felt like I was back in Club Tech Noir, and that's funny. I have to look because it may have been a real club. Maybe it could have been. Yeah. I mean, they film stuff out on the streets. Yeah. In L.A., it looked like. And most thing. And most of this was filmed on uh, whichever studio it was back lot. Um, as far as like all the neighborhood stuff and yeah. yeah i think it's yeah i recognize that street i've seen that in a few films oh yeah yeah isn't it it wasn't that in the babysitter that street oh that would make sense 
totally. but they, they have like this uh they have a couple of nice uh matte paintings to extend it so it looks more yeah. real yeah yeah they they did a lot of that with the um sequel because it, it it has this big apartment building which happens to be where peter vincent lives mm. and uh a neighbor moves in and she's a beautiful vampiress okay and one of the one of the punk rock dudes that's at the beginning of um, Terminator that starts trying to hassle um, Arnold or the Terminator as he's known. Um, one of them is in uh, Fright Night 2. He was with Bill um, Paxton in uh, that little group of punks that are trying to yeah. hassle him. He's the guy who eats bugs. So he's kind of this real physical looking dude, but he's got the most gross tongue. He's got like this big slab of a tongue that comes out when he eats the first moth mm. in the movie. It's really wide, thick, disgusting tongue. <laughs> you'll, you'll love it when you see it. It's great. Um, All right. Frank. Did you, did either one of you watch the uh, documentary? You're so cool, Brewster, the story no. of the making of Fright Night or whatever it's called. Yeah. It's actually pretty cool. You get a lot of behind the scenes stuff there. But, uh, it's all nipple and breast related fat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's about all it is, really. <laughs> Bunch of spirit gum and latex and duct tape and boobs. Uh, yeah, so uh, I enjoyed the rewatch. I hadn't seen this in a number of years, probably five to ten years by now that I haven't seen the thing. And mm -hmm. I liked it. Yeah, it was it was. Visually, uh, you could just see that everything had care put into it. It wasn't just like, oh, kids are watching this crap now. Let's make some of this mm -hmm. crap. You know, Tom Holland cared, and it showed. Unlike Starship Invasions. <laughs> <laughs> yep. pa paper mache and lighter fluid and, you know. Uh, yeah. Did they actually use spaceship models at all, or were they just like... Uh, yeah. Pythons and set them on fire? Um... I don't know if they put that much care into it. Yeah, uh, Ed Wood has been accused of using hubcaps and pie tins, but they were actually model flying saucers yeah. from the day. And it's not like they're that expensive. No, they made these models for that movie because uh. they look like UFOs from reports. <laughs> you know. Uh, where do you stand on the whole UFO thing? Well, you're you're a UFO nut. I'm firmly against them. <laughs> <laughs> I do, do not recommend unidentified flying objects. Do you think they're real? Do you think do you think the aliens have been here? No, probably not. Maybe it would explain a lot, wouldn't it? Yeah, but so would saying a wizard did it. <laughs> Fair enough. The vampire did it. A vampire did it. Uh, wizards cost that. Yeah, yeah I think. You know, wizards did a flying wizards. <laughs> I think wizards have just fallen out of popularity is the only problem here. Probably. Yeah. Leprechauns? <laughs> Mummies? Yeah. Last year was supposed to be the year of the mummy, but <laughs> we see how that happened. What, what zodiac do you follow? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I thought people were going to be all into mummies, like they were into vampires a while back, you know, okay. in Twilight and. And all that came out. Oh, so you, you thought that Tom Cruise would kick off? A... Yeah, I thought Fuck Mummy 2017 would have kicked off a whole mummy trend. Right. And yeah. we would have had, you know, people dressing up as mummies and mm. mummy-themed TV shows. And yeah, dance crazes. Dance crazes, do the mummy and all that. It didn't <laughs> happen, once again. 
Yeah. Oh. Do you think that you think the Scientologists are like just digging right into it though? You know, like they do a lot of things under the cover of uh, secrecy, but uh, no, no, not even the so? Scientologists went to the Mummy 2017. Nope. <laughs> Only the Chinese Scientologists did it. Oh. Apparently, it was huge in China. Yep. Everything's huge in China. It's because they have you know a billion people. Yeah, I guess if one, if one out of a million likes something, <laughs> you got a big audience. Yeah. If there's only one movie opening that week, yeah, it's going to make a lot of money. Yeah, Even if it is Fuck Mummy 2017. Oh my God, that movie. God, I, I will watch Catwoman a hundred times before I'll watch that movie once. Watch Starship Invasions. I'll do that. Once. <laughs> and then we'll talk. I think I'd probably watch Starship Invasions before I watch Fog Mummy 2017 again. So, Will, <laughs> let's get back to Fright Night, um, if we must. Uh, is this a movie that you would recommend to uh, anyone? <laughs> sure. Who? Strangers. Who? Okay, strangers. Just anybody. Hey, watch Dario Argento's Rob Zombie's Fright Night. <laughs> <laughs> How does this stack up to, as far as vampires <laughs> movies go? How does this stack up to uh, Dario Argento's Dracula? Um, this thing needed more theremin and more green screen. Okay, yeah. Um, I forgot to talk about the theremin on Dario Argento's Dracula. Just, it didn't work. Yeah. Did you watch the the music video? No, Claudio Simonetti at the theremin. Oh, oh man, no! I He's trying to, to look all menacing and gothic, go waving his hands around. It doesn't work, <laughs> does it? It just looks like you're doing tai chi in front of some sort of a ball, yeah. or, or a wand, some or wires. Yeah, I, I'd love to have a go at playing the theremin, but yeah, yeah, you but, could make one. How hard are they to make? They're not too hard to make. I understand. We should make one. I mean, I can't, I can't even get my shit together to make our uh, Wheel of Fortune for our sequels. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that'll be maybe a winter project. Jolien, how about this one? Do you recommend yes. Fright Night? Yeah. To whom? Uh, I'd say general horror fans want to see, like, a, a pretty good variation on vampire movies. And it's got, it's got layers to it. And it's uh, an interesting... Uh, hero and so uh, yeah people who people who get excited about um lighter horror movies around mm-hmm. halloween would probably love this yeah yeah i think because... roddy mcdowell completionist yep <laughs> yeah I, i'll count me in I, I think he's great yeah i'll watch anything he's in. yeah he is pretty good i don't know if i'd want to watch his home movies but i would watch pretty much anything else he was in um so yeah, that being said, uh, it's it's uh, a recommend, you know, in, in different ways. Recommended to people who've seen Fright Night too. Yeah, but yeah. haven't seen Fright Night, and who want to see something better than Fright Night too, or the sequel, or the I should say reboot. Anyone who's seen the reboot should watch the original because it is much better. All right. Well, anything else before we get out of here? Wow, just an hour. We hit it, yeah. We hit an hour. Well, with with the intro, even if I edit anything out, um, it'll still be an hour. Oh man, you're not gonna edit any of this out. It's all gold. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of fucked it's gold. up. Gold. <laughs> I fucked up a ghost story for anyone who wants to watch it, though. Oh, who cares? 
<laughs> yeah, if you're that much of a snob, then why are you I listening mean, to again, this? Why are you, you know, don't worry about spoiling movies if you want to watch it. Yeah. Well, Kaiser um, Sose's Darth <laughs> Vader's father or something. <laughs> yeah, some shit like that. Um, we are going to have a celebrity guest if everything goes to plan uh, probably later next month. It'll be the end of February and uh, it'll be awesome. Yeah. We're not going to tell you who yet because, uh, you know, things can always fall through. But uh, but he he digs the stuff we dig and uh, he's a cool guy. So we'll see if that uh, works out as as planned. So teaser. And I'd like you both to watch the Beyond. The Beyond, and, yes. And I can watch that again and we can talk, we can talk about the about Beyond. Did, did, yes. We didn't do the Beyond, did we? No. God, we talked like... about from Beyond. Yeah, I know, but the Beyond I watched, but maybe I, I just I've not seen that release yet. Right. So let's yeah, let's do the Beyond next time. So for anyone who wants to see this, this is um a 1981 movie. Um Lucio Fulci directing. Uh I don't know who wrote it, but uh the beyond that's going to be it yeah all right and uh, also soon i'd like us each to pick a frankenstein film yeah apart from the obvious yep one uh, or two and uh talk about that as a okay and we can do we can frankenstein together an episode oh that I, sounds oh, fantastic that sounds great yeah so, happy anniversary frankenstein yep all right and please don't touch Frankenstein, Tom Cruise. Can we spoil Frankenstein? Uh, Has it been out long enough? <laughs> I fucking hope so. Why is Does anybody st- know this? Not know this story? Well, it's one of those stories that like people think they know, but true. You know how many people have actually read it? Yes. Nicholas Cage as Frankenstein <laughs> because it has never been filmed as written. No, I mean oh. a lot of it is writing. People writing yeah. one another. Yeah, and, and it also takes place, you know, over a, a, a whole continent. All over yeah. the place, yeah. Um, so it would be, you know, you know, it's just too expensive to film as did, is. Did the, uh, has any of them even ended up in the Arctic? Yeah. Did the Kenneth Branagh one end up in the Arctic? I can't remember. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that was always my favorite part of the book was the, the, them. And there's the been art. like uh, television adaptations and so on where they've been pretty faithful to it, but they just didn't have the budget. Yeah. And then if you do try to do the whole thing, it just uh, it wouldn't work as a, a summer movie or blockbuster because it's too it's just too literary. Yeah. Not, you know, there's fun. there's only that one scene where they're on the airplane. <laughs> in, the movie, in the book yeah they could throw and you, that in. you need at least two or three and uh <clears throat> yeah where they lose control of the plane and everything's floating around in it yeah 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 and it also goes to the story goes to some dark places that they just couldn't do in a summer movie oh man yeah so yeah um so everybody check out frankenstein and, and we should talk about it soon all right awesome. so, so the beyond and then frankenstein yeah so this is the most warning our listeners have ever gotten two episodes ahead and we won't watch either of these movies <laughs> you were gonna show up like what 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 the beyond i what? tried to find beyond frankenstein couldn't locate it right Okay, well, sounds like we covered it. Ed Wood's so. Beyond Frankenstein. He should have done some Frankenstein if he hadn't. Did he? No. Um, he wasn't friends with Boris Karloff. He has that cameo in Orgy of the Dead. Oh, yeah. That's true. 
the, the monster anyway. So that's as as much coverage as the Frankenstein's monster has gotten th- from Ed Wood. Yeah, yeah, it's the closest you go, I think. Do you think we should try to research whether or not there's a porn parody of each thing that we talk about? Oh, there's loads of Frankenstein, Frankenstein ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah? Tons oh yeah, of Frankenstein. Frankenstein lends himself to that. Yeah. I mean, outside of the Paul Morrissey films, there's, yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch. Well, we should maybe have some of that uh, information on hand for our listeners. Uh, okay, well, you can research that. Facts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's call it a show. That was a show. That was a show. That was. Thank you for listening. Stay off the moors.